literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. From the Austin American Statesman, this is Austin Found. And I, I love connecting dots on names that I've seen my whole life growing up in Austin. And as you're going up and down I-35, you will cross St. John's Avenue. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Avenue. Is it Street? Avenue? St. John's. You may not be able to connect the dots with what that property entailed uh, mm-hmm. over the years. And it goes back to an African-American orphanage called St. John's. That's correct. It uh, was several hundred acres of land that an association, the St. John Regular Baptist Association, and just so we get this straight at the beginning, it sometimes said St. John's and sometimes St. John. Uh, ah, that's so typical of Austin to have two pronunciations <laughs> for everything, right? And and to to this day. Oh. And it, it was a, had double duty there was a school and orphanage uh, there. And what we're talking about is an area right where 290 hits um, Interstate 35 near what was Highland Mall. Mm-hmm. All that area on both sides of 35 was part of St. John. There was a school and institute, but also there was every summer an encampment, and we'll get back to that. Okay. But the building, the school building, was there for many decades, and it was this big, looming stone structure that was set aside for African-American orphans in Texas and also a trade school that went with it. Then around the 1940s, and I can't follow the history of this too carefully in the newspaper reports, but it just kind of dwindled out and for about 10 years it was this giant haunted house to the neighborhood kids and the kids would play with it and the families of uh, whose legacy was there would go out there and chase them off but eventually they sold the land to a developer the land east of the freeway they had sold for individual lots for a very very small amount of money so it became a sort of freedom colony But the land on the west side became Highland Mall and the Highland neighborhood. Right about the time of the sale, the orphanage burned down. And there was always something suspicious about that to me. Hmm. It was like, was this just in the way of progress, so so to speak? Oh, and not it being preserved. Maybe a developer doesn't want it preserved. Doesn't want to preserve it. So whether or not Uh, who actually torched it or or it could have been an accident, but it stood there empty for more than 10 years hmm. until um, the development deal went through. So Highland Mall, then our first indoor mall, is right there where the orphanage was. Wow. And, of course, now is ACC Highland. It had played an enormous part in our city's history because, and we'll get to that, but the encampments were were on those grounds each summer were a major, they were the South by of their day. Really? That's an interesting <laughs> way to describe it. Everybody uses that analogy. I think the South by something, right? you know, the St. John Regular Baptist Association was a group of 
Baptist ministers and congregations, mostly rural. They were organized by the Reverend Jacob Fontaine, who's a huge figure in Austin history. And his church was down there on Wildred Square Park across from the the Travis County Courthouse. Hmm. He was an organizer, a leader, and he just got all of these ministers who were in charge of churches in freedom colonies all around central texas going way way out into the country and what they would do would come in every summer for a big revival and they would camp out on the grounds and there would be competitions and animal races and there would be endless tables of food and it was sounds like the old school field day yeah exactly yeah at the time in the early 20th century there were more people at the encampment than there were in the city. The, oh, wow. Yeah, the city had about uh, 22,000 people, and estimates were that the uh, the St. John encampment out there on those grounds where the orphanage was had more people than that, 25,000. How were they funding this, this orphanage? It was just a structure among the churches, and the churches supported it? That's right. These are very, very poor congregations. They also sought support from the legislature and support from uh, white business people. Part of their sale was the improvement of African Americans, and wouldn't you like that to happen? Mm-hmm. And of course, one and, time and you mentioned trade schools. They're, yeah. If they're teaching them yeah. the skills, they could. The, the, the freedom colonies were all about independence and all about uh, everybody learning the skills that allowed them to remain outside of the mainstream economy, which was, you know, ruled by white supremacy. An important name and figure in Austin that comes up in, in this story is Lee Lewis Campbell. Yes. Um, Reverend Campbell. Reverend Campbell. He... He had a lot to do with getting the orphanage off the ground, and he was also the pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church. Which that church is still a towering church on, what, East 10th? East 11th. East 11th Street. Yes. Yes. It is the most imposing church in East Austin. And East Austin, if you don't know, and I'm still discovering them, has a church a block. Right. Every block has a church on it. But this one's like the mother church in some sense. Big, big, nice Unfortunately, its congregation is dwindling, like almost all urban congregations. Oh, is that neighborhood's being gentrified? That too, but also because almost all black, white, brown churches within the central city, a lot of their congregation has moved out to the suburbs. Hmm. So uh, you will find these beautiful, big, lovely downtown churches with just barely a congregation. Oh, wow. And you also, again... I love stringing names together. Campbell Elementary is the namesake yeah. uh, for, for that East Austin school. Right, right. Uh, after that Reverend Campbell. There was an incident that you gave some detail on, and I'd rather you tell the story about the orphans going to the Capitol oh, yes. to sing. And yes. It, and, then, you know, and who shows up but the Ku Klux Klan robed into the legislative body there and saying that they wanted to give donations and to support the St. John Orphanage. And Which isn't what you expect. As you're reading the story, <laughs> you say the robed KKK comes in, and you're expecting 
the sort of conflict you, you normally yeah, see on Capitol Yeah, it was a Capo stunt, Grant. and the, the presiding uh, lieutenant governor w- was not having any of it. He, he Because this was at a time, uh, I believe this was the 1920s, when the Klan was controlling a lot of Austin and Texas, mm. um, the second coming of the Klan, which we'll talk about in, in other episodes. But ultimately what took its toll on the orphanage would have been, the, the I mean, you've got already a monetarily deprived effort, mm-hmm. and then the, the Great Depression hit. Exactly. It wasn't the Klan that had made problems for the orphanage. It was, in terms of the decline, it was the Depression, which hit everybody hard. And it just seems from the records that I can find that it just steadily declined during the Depression, and uh, by the 1940s, it had closed. With its closure, there was a brief period where the city of Austin was looking into purchasing it Before, for, to support another historical event, and that too passed. But. Yeah, yeah, World War II, they wanted to put some kind of naval air station or something like that there. And then, you know, we dropped the bomb on Japan, and the war was over. And so that was abandoned. As we touch on this again, it's, you know, summer of 2020, a lot of racial tension. We're seeing protests in the streets, and there's there's a an ugly history in this city of Austin. So mm-hmm. even as it was being sold as tracts of land, very inexpensively, as you mentioned, to build homes, and the city wasn't exactly rushing to get them what they needed oh, no, as no. far as water or utilities, whatever no. they needed. You know, the, the city next the St. John neighborhood, and I believe in 1951, but didn't bother to extend out the normal amenities right away. St. John as a neighborhood declined as well. It became scruffy, and big box stores popped up on the west side of the neighborhood along I-35, and then they were abandoned mm-hmm. later. Yeah, I used uh, to go to that Home Depot a lot. Yeah, I don't know if that yeah. still exists. I'm no, not sure. no. It's, it's closed. closed. Yeah. yeah. No, they're still trying to find out what to do with all those uh. Uh, former big box stores. And the park decline there, it, it just came one of these half-forgotten neighborhoods in the city. And then the prostitution moved out of that neighborhood and up to, to Runberg. Well, when it got run off South Congress, right? it relocated on Runberg, Runberg just right. it, mostly the other side of the highway, right. but that area. So St. John's is coming back, and it's got a lot of great groups working on it, and it's now predominantly Hispanic. That, again, is the most of the St. John territory that was east of I-35, now west of I-35. The association sold that land for $600,000. That's hundreds of acres in wow. 1956. That was too low a price. Mm-hmm. And there is some suggestion that there were people in power in in Austin that told them to sell it quickly. But they were able to take the money and build a lovely complex over on Blessing Lane, what a great name, Mm -hmm. that has now the, the chapel for the association. And originally it had a nursing home and some other support facilities. I mostly hear about it. When there's a funeral, because people will will go to the uh, the tabernacle there for a funeral. In present day, does this encampment thing still happen on any level where a lot of these Baptist church leaders congregate and 
And do anything. Do we have revivals? That is an excellent question. I don't know. I think a normal Baptist service is long enough. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if I want to spend a whole week. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah, what a great question whether or not there's still tent revivals, you know. Hmm. Well, you can read that story for yourself in Indelible Austin, Volume 1. That's correct. Pick up all volumes. You'll really, really enjoy this this read and buy it for your, you know, historical buff Austin lover friends. You know? And your newcomers. It's a great introduction to the city and for people who've been here a long time because they know some of these stories and can add to the record. And email us. We love your feedback you know, are your comments, uh, suggestions, and we, I know we've said this, but it's an odd time here in the summer of 2020. We will love to have guests, <laughs> uh, and we are hanging on to these, so some people have made suggestions for great guests, yes. but, and we'll get there. We eventually. will get there, and it, it, we planned to have our first guest in March of 2020. Right. It's now August, but because of the pandemic, it's just not safe. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in to Austin Found. All right. All right.